0: That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 110. Today we're talking about timeouts, and this came up because we had someone post in our Facebook group about them, and there was an ongoing discussion about like timeouts, time-ins, all these different things that... Are surfacing now, and how do we give kids space to feel things and not feel like we're punishing them or putting them in a timeout for that? Like, how do how, what's that balance look like? Dr. Allison Mark joined me to chat about this. And before we dive into the episode, I want to talk about one thing. After we stopped recording, she and I were chatting a little bit, and we talked about fear. And this idea of like ruling or parenting or disciplining from a place of fear that if what our goal here is, is an obedient child, if it's to have a kid fear the reaction from us, then we got to chat more about why. And what I don't want from a kid Or what I fear for a child is that they are afraid of us, that we aren't a space where they get to break down to because they're afraid. When we're operating from this place of punishment, we're instilling this fear, this sense of I'm the adult, so I'm in control. And I'll let you know that that's true by punishing you. And I just want to be mindful here of looking at our goal. And I think a lot of the time that's not our goal, but we're not sure what else to do. So if that's where you are, if you're like, we've been using timeouts because we aren't sure what else to do with this behavior or whatever, then this episode is for you. We are diving into what else you can do if that's where you're coming from. As always, if this is something you've been practicing, there's no shame here. This is not about perfection, it's about progress. It's about looking at what we've been doing and asking ourselves how to best move forward. We can hold boundaries and respond to tiny humans respectfully. So let's dive into what that looks like. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, Getting so many questions from y'all on how to do this, how to put it into practice. What are the steps that you follow in emotion coaching a kid for emotion processing? So, I created a totally free for you guide on how to emotion coach these tiny humans. It also has a bunch of visuals in there that can be helpful for you, like the difference between a coping mechanism and a coping strategy, helpful visuals that a lot of you have said like, oh, you made this as an Instagram post and I wish I could hang it in my house. So we threw it in there for you. If you are one of those humans who wants to print that off and use it as a reminder for yourself, but head on over to org slash emotions to snag the free emotion coaching guide. If you want some more support on this journey. Hey everyone. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I get to hang out with Allison to talk about timeouts. Hey Allison. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Can you share with our village a bit about who you are and what brings you here? Yeah,
1: um, I am a clinical psychologist. I work in Miami, Florida, actually originally from New York. Um, And I work, I do a variety of things. I do testing for children who are having struggles in school with learning and attention issues. And then I also work with parents just to help with parenting skills or any struggles they may have. I have two young children of my own, so I'm sort of going through it at the same time, which um, is super fun. And I am on Instagram and I like to post things for parents. I also like to see other people's posts and feel very validated by other people's struggles. And um, I have a private practice in Miami. And I also do like online sessions with people in New York and my and Florida because my license I'm licensed to practice in both states. So
0: yeah. where in New York
1: were you? I was in Manhattan. I'm originally from Westchester, New York, yeah. in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um and we moved down to Florida about two years ago now. So not that uh
0: so dreamy here <laughs> that's, that's so dreamy and uh, <laughs> I'm from upstate New York near the Buffalo yeah. area Oh. Um, and I'm currently recording this from Syracuse New York which is and, where I went to college oh nice very snowy uh, yeah. and I'm right now at my brother and sister-in-law's house and they leave next weekend they snowbird so they'll go down to Florida for a couple months here wow. Because no one wants to be in Syracuse all winter long.
1: <laughs> I hear that. Although I feel like when you're a young kid going in co- to college, you just don't care as much, but <laughs>
0: it's true. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Nice, but uh, it was a fun time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, good, um, awesome. So let's let's chat about timeouts here. Okay. Uh, we had had someone in our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group for folks. It's just free and and it's delicious. People support each other in it, and uh, it's the Facebook group I always wanted that we created. And oh, oh, it's my fave. And someone had popped in asking about timeouts, like. Just wanting to learn more about timeouts, time ins, and the thread just kind of exploded. So many people are like, "Oh yeah, like here's what we've been doing, but it's not really working. Like what else could we be doing, etc." Um, and come we come from you know, emotional development as our focus, and so um, I've gotten a lot of questions, a lot of things in the thread were are wondering what's the difference between like a timeout and taking space. To calm mm-hmm. down. um So mm-hmm. let's start there. Why don't you speak okay. to that first? So, in my
1: opinion, I find timeouts to be plucking a child out of the situation and leaving them somewhere for a period of time, bring and then bringing them back into the situation. And yes, you may sit down with a child and try to explain what has happened, but they're typically pretty worked up from having been in a timeout. Um, So that's sort of the timeout situation. And it depends. It could be because somebody, a child has hit another child or because they're having a temper tantrum. There are a variety of circumstances where I will say taking a child out of the situation will be a smart move and will be beneficial for all. And most of the time it's because of safety reasons. Um, But so... The other part of it is, let's say a child is having, uh, is dysregulated, crying hysterically, unable to control themselves. You take a child out of the situation and put them in a timeout, it's likely only going to get worse. Whereas if you give them the space to go through that episode by supporting their need to go through it, you might ultimately come out the other end with an opportunity to connect and to teach. Um, And that's sort of the difference between like taking space, sitting and thinking about it versus time
0: out in my Uh, opinion. No, I feel that. Time out for me feels like it comes as like a punishment. Right, yeah, exactly. And taking space, I had actually, when my first year of teaching preschool, I had a little dude who would say, I just need to be an astronaut. And that meant he needed space. And I loved that. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) Isn't it great? And, but it was seen, you know, we really treated it as like, what helps your body feel calm? And for him, he needed to be an astronaut. And, you know, not from a place of like, you're in trouble. So you have to go be an astronaut, but like- Oh, that helps me feel calm.
1: Exactly. I also think that taking space, sitting and thinking, it also empowers the child to feel that they're in control of their bodies, but then also that it's acceptable to feel this way. It is acceptable to feel whatever you feel as a kid. I mean, as an adult too, but we're talking about children. Um, That is a big thing that I promote is Let's not shut down their feelings. Let's let them feel it and go through it. Um, I sometimes talk about the amygdala hijack. If you, heard, Yeah, so um, it basically is like it says, the amygdala, which is the emotion center of the brain, hijacks your brain and there's no rational thought process. So if you think about that, when a child is going through a, a, an episode, let's say, where they're completely dysregulated, there is no opportunity to connect or teach that child anything because they're uh, hijacked. Their amygdala has hijacked their brain. So sure you could put them in a timeout, but it might not let that process continue and resolve.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel, I feel like personally a timeout for us is often used when we don't know what else to do. We're like, man, they are hurting somebody or, I'm right. trying to cook dinner and they, every time I turn my back they're doing x y and z and so mm-hmm. I need you to be here <laughs> for right. me. uh and and so what does that look like when um and and we have you know ep- we have full episodes on like hitting kicking biting spitting if you want to dive in deeper to like specific like they're hitting right. whatever but in general like if you don't have the hands at the moment or the time, like you're trying to get out the door to go to work or to get to school or whatever, Mm -hmm. and now you're seeing this explosion of emotion um, Mm -hmm. and, or yeah, you're cooking dinner, you're trying to get things done and you don't have the hands to be right there. What are your thoughts there? Um,
1: These are very complicated scenarios. These are scenarios where it's likely that the parent is gonna lose
0: their cool also, which it happens. So let's, Mm -hmm. no no judgment there. That amygdala Um, hijack isn't just for kids. Oh, no, no,
1: no, (laughs) I get hijacked all the time. (laughs) So it might be where the parent needs to remove themselves from the situation and calm down. And you might have to forfeit being on time for certain things until everybody gets sort of like into a routine. Sure, timeout might be something where you ha- like you feel like you have to do it because you're going to explode and somebody's going to get hurt. Do a timeout. Timeout for all involved. My um, personal thing is I I find that children sometimes fight back on the timeout like let's say you tell them to go into their room, unless they're in a crib, they're going to try really hard to get out of their room. So I would almost introduce an activity in those moments, like literally time out everybody with a T. Let's all just sit on the floor and breathe for a second. Like introduce something different where the topic is sort of put on hold so that everybody's bodies can calm down a little bit. Um, we don't live in a perfect world. People are late to school. It's gonna happen, especially with young children. Um, the other thing, I I mean, I could get technical about it is routine. It's just so beneficial, especially in the morning. Um, and sort of creating certain consequences for any deviation from the routine can be helpful or rewards for following the routine stuff like that
0: it's so frustrating to spend the money and effort to buy your kids clothes just to have them grow out of the size within a week or have your kids complain that they itch pinch or just aren't comfortable if you're with me on this you've got to check out posh peanut their sensitive skin friendly clothes are made from viscose from bamboo stretch with your kid as they grow and they're also made to last posh peanut makes thoughtfully crafted super cute clothing for kids and families it is the softest thing y'all the design is all done in-house with different patterns and it came in the mail and i was like oh my gosh i want to wear this for myself every day their luxe women's pajamas and robes were all that i wanted to wear postpartum for nursing and hanging out on the couch with mila it helps so much that the fabric is breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate against Mila's sensitive skin too, and I totally get why Posh Peanut is loved by over 1 million parents. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code VILLAGE. Go to poshpeanut.com slash VILLAGE and use promo code VILLAGE for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash VILLAGE, promo code VILLAGE. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash voices. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I think what I like there is that like you in doing the like, we're all going to take a time out and pause and breathe. A, we're modeling for them like we're all going to regulate here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we get to we talk a lot about mirror neurons here and uh if they are dysregulated we're also going to be dysregulated and it's our job to bring that calm not theirs uh, right and any so, other way around if we're just like, regulated they're going to be dysregulated <laughs> yeah, for sure you know i, I shared uh is it a recent presentation like this video of a baby laughing and giggling and how like delicious that feels inside mm-hmm. And then how also in that same vein, when a kid's throwing a tantrum on aisle four, inside you're also throwing a tantrum on aisle four. Yeah. And this importance of like, when they are exhibiting a behavior that uh, is not pro-social or is often inconvenient for us, uh, if we can identify like, man, this is really inconvenient that this is mm-hmm. happening when I'm trying to cook dinner and I'm feeling rushed mm-hmm. and I'm going to pause and breathe because I'm not sure what to do yet. Mm-hmm. And being able to even just walk, even if they don't breathe with you, they might not breathe with you at first.
1: Right. Even just like changing positions, even just like, let's just sit on the floor of the kitchen and find something to look at like a focal point. Yeah. And like let's relax. And then if it's worse, Then the other thing is you just say, I need a timeout. You know how sometimes everybody, like you need a timeout. I need one right now. So I'm just going to walk into the bathroom for a moment so I can catch my breath. And you don't scream. You don't do anything, although you might want to, in the bathroom. (laughs) But you're also modeling that it's okay to have that moment to breathe, to be by yourself.
0: And that's fine. Yeah. Not only is it okay, I think it's crucial. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, We had one question that said, um, I don't like the timeout, but leaving the child alone to cry seems like a consequence for their emotion. And so she was like Mm -hmm. caught in the space of like, I don't want to give them a consequence for having their emotion by leaving them alone, but I don't want to put them in a timeout like that, that it just didn't feel comfortable. She's like, but I don't know what to do. I think in this space where like I know personally for me like I'm a human who um, regulates with like touch and the presence of others talking is often calming for me and my husband's the exact opposite whereas if he's dysregulated and I'm talking to him or I'm Mm -hmm. near him it's harder for him to regulate sure and I think sometimes for folks that are um that, that are in the Opposite camp of where we are, it's hard to imagine. Like, like for me, I it felt like I was ignoring Zach when I would give him space. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're,
1: I I totally see what you mean, and but that was about you, and mm-hmm. and giving him that space is about him. So that's something that you have to remind yourself of. With kids, every kid is different, and you and your parents do need to learn their kids. Um, but I. I'm a big fan of Janet Lansbury's work. I don't know if you read any of her books, but like I do like the concept of being there to be supportive, but letting your child safely get through it and then inviting the opportunity to talk about it afterwards. So, and we can also teach our children ways to, sort of regulate their bodies, but without having to shut down their emotions. Like, instead of saying, stop crying, we say, it's okay to cry. Sometimes it feels better to cry. I'm here if we wanna talk about it afterwards. Or saying, we're gonna to have to talk about this, but I want you to feel what you're feeling first. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that feels like better, wait, easier said than done. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Um but after a little while they see your calm and it's just really soothing for them. Um I do a lot of so certain kids like pressure, so I always will say you know, hug a pillow really, really hard or um tell them to blow out the candles to help them breathe and stuff like that. Um, but the other thing, if there is a timeout, I always you know the you know they go in for as long, like for every minute for every year of their life so it really should never be that long that they're sitting there crying um so that parent could
0: do it but not for that long kind of thing for like leaving them you mean mhm yeah it, we talk we talk a lot about this so we mix uh sensory regulation and most emotional regulation a lot we work with OTs quite a bit Um mm-hmm and this idea that like there are some kids that you sitting next to them I actually don't think is beneficial the entire Mm -hmm. time that it might be more beneficial for them if you say like I'm gonna be in the living room if you want to snuggle or Mm -hmm. so that they know you're there when they need it um and and so in our we, we have five phases of emotion processing. I co-created an emotion processing method with a colleague, we researched it, but there are five phases in it and the fourth one is coping. And we often in our village, we'll see people, it's allowing kids to feel is the first one. And then uh, recognizing their emotion, which allowing, I like smiled as I said it, because it seems so easy and is often so hard. Um, and then security and then coping. And then the last one is problem solving or conflict res. But we would often see folks jump from like, okay, I'm allowing them to feel. Sure, you can sit there and feel. I validated that you're upset and now, Uh, like, let's solve the problem. Let's move forward. And we Mm -hmm. jump over that middle part of like coping and being able to find your calm in whatever that looks like. And I think when we have a kid just like in a timeout, we're really missing that opportunity for emotion coaching and and building those coping strategies. Totally.
1: You're no, you're a 100% right. And I feel like there is like an easier way, like a, like a gentler way of doing timeout. So I recently learned this actually with my child. I have a two and a four-year-old. My four-year-old loves to cuddle. My two-year-old, I recently learned when he becomes dysregulated, he likes to go in his room, mm-hmm. sit on his rocking chair and hold a book. And he has those books where you press the button and it like sings a song or whatever. Yeah. Um, he likes to do that. And so instead of a timeout, um, which I don't particularly like to do. I, recently, I started to say, do you need to have some space? Do you need to go in your room and have some new time on your rocking chair? And he's only two, yet he knows that it helps him. Um, so that can be really beneficial where they're getting that space, but they know that you're not angry at them and they can calm their bodies and they feel confident that, all right, mommy's going to be, or daddy or whoever is going to be welcoming to me when I return I don't have to
0: feel afraid that's my favorite thing that you said so far like that we aren't mad at them for taking Mm -hmm. the space or having the feeling right and even though these often come at times that are inconvenient for us or frustrating Mm -hmm. for us or whatever it can be so beneficial if when they're taking that space we're giving that gift to ourselves too of like our kiddos in the rocking chair getting that vestibular input and regulating what are you doing while they're doing that so that when right. they when you come back together you are ready to be empathetic exactly
1: like you're on the same page there because you both took that time
0: yeah the
1: hard, the hard part is when you have other children around too uh-huh. but <laughs> um yeah um but there are certain things we can do just like standing in the kitchen that might be helpful to us that just give us that that moment to breathe um but I agree I think it's beneficial for everybody well yeah. for the parent and the child to have that that moment to regulate
0: totally um so in terms of now let's move into time ins, which are a it's a trending topic right about now um, mm-hmm. can you kind of share with folks what a time in is and then we can dive into how they might be utilized? So I'm not
1: like as into saying time in, I don't really know it as well, to be honest with you. I'm more of a let's sit and think person. Um, what was I gonna say? So I guess it would be setting up a place where it's comfortable for the child to relax and sit there, be present, be involved, but have a moment to themselves. So that's what how I view it. I could be totally off there. Um but my child has it actually in his classroom where they have a chair and they go and they sit in the chair, but it's very much like I'm inviting you to use this time for yourself. And supposed to, you need to go sit in this chair and take a time out. So again, I like the word welcoming. It's welcoming the child to, you know what, maybe you can sit in that special chair that we have that is for when we need to calm our bodies. Um, And that sort of just like makes it shift through a more positive lens and a gentler approach. Um, I like to call it sit and think. That's just the way I view it yeah. because it is a moment to sit to think or to just let your body regulate. Um, and it just feels less combative,
0: yeah, no, I agree and And if there's a kid who can't like sit in the chair if that doesn't work for them, I think just like having like s- stuff that is regulating, like maybe a small puzzle or a couple little books or things that can like that they can do that we we have a list of coping mechanisms and coping strategies the strategies being helping your um, cortisol levels regulate and reaccess your prefrontal cortex and in the strategies column we recommend like taking some of those and putting like them in small quantities not like here's eight books to choose <laughs> but like right. here's one or two books that live in that corner that if you are feeling really stressed and you need to just like pause and read a book for a minute to help your body feel calm before we solve this problem. Great.
1: Mm -hmm. Fantastic.
0: Mm -hmm I am here for like automation, for anything that I can take off of my to-do list so that I don't have to remember it or keep track of something. I will do subscribe and save if that's an option. I love when things are just delivered to my house. I don't have to think about them. So I'm super jazzed to share our newest podcast sponsor with you, Pandia Health. You get to skip the trip to the pharmacy each month for birth control and get free delivery with bonus free goodies. You never have to run out of birth control again. You get Pandia Health peace of mind. Pandia Health makes sure that nobody runs out of birth control on their watch because it's delivered to your house. You don't have to go anywhere. You get free delivery of your birth control pills from Pandia Health, the only Women-founded, women-led, doctor-founded, and led company in birth control delivery. I'm here for all of that, my friends. If you have an active prescription at a pharmacy and insurance to cover the medications, Pandia Health delivery, automatic refills, reminder to see your PCP each year, services are free. With a capital F, y'all, I'm here for free services. If you need a doctor consultation because you want to change pills or methods, or you don't have an active prescription, it's just $29 once a year to access Pandia Health's expert, passionate doctors for the next 364 days. You save the trip to the pharmacy each month. You save the trip to the doctor to get your birth control prescription. Pandia Health can deliver to all 50 states. They take almost all private insurance, but not Kaiser. They do take Family Pact. You can enter code Voices of Your Village and get five dollars off the doctor consultation if needed. Pandia Health is about care, convenience, and confidentiality. Go to Pandia Health, P-A-N-D-I-A, H-E-A-L-T-H. dot com and sign up now. Pandia Health is the Greek goddess of healing, light full moon pan means every dia means day and y'all the convenience of this all please i'm here for it pandiahhealth.com use code voices of your village to get five dollars off the doctor consultation if needed pandiahhealth.com i think again back to the modeling like so often we do this for kids where we're like, okay, you aren't ready to solve this problem. So you need to take space, but we don't do it for ourselves when right. we aren't ready to solve the problem. If we could say, yeah. you know what, I'm not ready to solve this problem yet. I'm going to take some space and read my book for a minute, help my body feel calm. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to come back. I'll be right back.
1: And also sometimes kids need that like gentle parent conversation during that. hmm time in, um, sort of moment. So one of the things I have done recently is sat and counted. Mm. So we just sit and we count together and everybody just stops thinking about whatever's working us up and we count and we do it slowly and we slow our breathing. Mm. And it's like a very gentle moment where we just do it. And you could sort of like, tailor that depending on the age of the child, but it's just this moment of peace where it is, it's so much about the body. It's, it's, it's incredible, but, um, that can be useful too.
0: Yeah. So meditative.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I like that.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking of that word welcoming, just like how big it is to reframe that, like, you're not in trouble and yes, That like, this is what your body needs right now. Sometimes I need that too.
1: I actually recommend that. Like just sometimes parents need to use that as a blanket statement. You are not in trouble, but I want to give you another option right now. Or this is what I suggest that we do right now. And then we can return to this in a few minutes. But um, the other piece though is this is where the parents need sort of like a timeout themselves or a moment to relax. The reason why we often say you're not in trouble is because it looks like they are based on our facial expressions. So we, we want to get to a point where we don't need to say that because our approach to them is super gentle. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is so hard. So we almost need to say that you are not in trouble before we catch up to it. Sort of.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think it's okay to let them know so that we're not sending like mixed messages. Like you're not in trouble. I was nervous that she was going to fall over when you were playing together. So I reacted. Let's take a moment to calm down. You know what I mean? Like letting the kid isn't like, well, your face really looks like I'm in trouble. (laughs) You know, that mixed message of like, yeah, you're not. I was nervous that this was going to happen.
1: Right. And that's sort of like respectful parenting where you're, you're showing your kid the respect of giving them that explanation. Like you would give that explanation to a colleague, like, no, 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 it's fine. I just got so nervous just now, but you tailor that to your child and they respect that. And they really appreciate it because the, all those explanations are just so beneficial for them and it validates their experience and then they feel more comfortable with you. And expressing how they feel to you.
0: Totally. Well, yeah, it's just like common courtesy, right? Of like, I'm just communicating with you. Exactly. But you're so right that like often our body language or facial expression is not matching our words. Mm -hmm. And especially our real young kiddos, our young toddlers, et cetera, they're really mindful of our tone and our body language. Right. As they're building that language development. Yeah, so just being mindful of that, that's, that's awesome so when we are huge over here that like there is no perfection in this journey uh, we just want to make progress right so being able to come back together at the end of the day like, all right where did the wheels come off the bus and um where could i like going forward tomorrow what's one thing that i'm going to try and and like kind of modify going forward so we're not stuck in the same pattern that isn't working And so if somebody is feeling like they're in this like kind of hamster wheel, like kid has a behavior and we're really stressed as the adults, we're trying to do something. And so we put them in a timeout and then we end up in that battle of like, they keep leaving the timeout, they're coming back. Like this isn't working. And then there's an explosion. I think this is a pretty common trajectory Um, there. If you're stuck in that, like what is, what's one thing that a parent could focus on tomorrow? Can I say two things? Sure. We'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So if we have a repeated behavior that we're seeing, then there would be a moment to take a step back and see if that behavior is coming from a place of, that you're not even focusing on. What changes have been occurring in my child's life? What is my child getting out of this behavior that I'm not giving them elsewhere? Is my child desiring a connection rather than attention? And then the other thing is, how am I playing a role in this cyclical pattern? Am I approaching this uh, in a way that just, like, I shouldn't? And if tomorrow I don't say anything at all and they don't receive that reinforcement, will that behavior, that unwanted behavior, so to speak, go away or come out in a different way? So if your child is desiring connection and is doing it through like in a negative behavior sort of way, yet you're giving them the connection in a positive way, they might not need to drop a glass on the floor because they have your attention and that connection anyway. So it's sort of two things like what's the root cause of the behavior and what am I doing to contribute to this cycle? And is there something tomorrow I can do differently, such as experimenting by not reacting the way I do?
0: Totally, and I think we so we have a model that we use of like behavior, secondary emotion, root emotion, unmet need, and I, uh, figuring out the unmet need can be really hard. Sometimes folks will come to us and they're like, "Guys, I can't figure out what they're c- trying to communicate here." Mm-hmm. And so I think if like you're hearing that and you're like, "I I don't know what they're asking for," I feel like we have this connection. We're playing right before I make dinner, and so we have that and the, I think even just asking them like when they drop the glass on the floor, were you trying to connect with me? Did you want me to come play with you and I'm cooking dinner? Right. It's so hard to do in the moment because initially you're gonna have that rush of cortisol, right? Like you're going to go into that fight flight or freeze and being able to regulate first so that you can ask them, is that what you're trying to do? I remember changing in a toddler room and I was changing diapers. I'm going like kid after kid. We had nine kiddos. And this one little girl kept like going behind to the sink and doing stuff like she knew she wasn't supposed to do, like trying to stick spaghetti down the sink holes that was clogging it, whatever, just anything that she knew, like she shouldn't be doing. And she would just look at me while she's doing it. And I'm changing a diaper. Can't leave the kid on the diaper table. Like, oh my God. So over and over, I'm just like, Hey babe, like trying to redirect her. Try- and finally I was like, Alyssa, you're a broken record and this isn't stopping. Right. <laughs> like. <laughs> You were going to have to change your reaction if you're going to see a difference in this behavior. And so um then got to the point where I was like, did you want to play with me and I'm changing these diapers? And she just like looked at me and I was like, you know what? After this one, I'm going to pause. I'm not going to change another diaper for a couple minutes. Can you go find a book or a toy for us to play with? And when I'm done here, we can play. And she did. Amazing. She walked away from the sink and like went... But it's so hard in the moment to be able to regulate and be like, what? Because you're like, just start right. putting things in the sink for the love. And it, being able to like regulate in that moment can be such a game changer.
1: So, oh my God, a major game changer. But I also like this parent, or maybe it was your question, like sort of like planning ahead, like reflecting on the day and saying to yourself, this is what I'm going to change tomorrow
0: mm.
1: and trying it out. And you, you have, like, you're sort of prepared. Like, I know that this is going to happen, and today I'm going to try this differently. And that is just, like, an incredible way to navigate parenting. It's sort of to, to you can't control your children's behavior all the time, if not ever. Yeah. <laughs> you can't control another human being. You could try to guide them, and you could try to foster a different type of environment, but you control you. So I think really thinking about that and planning to try something new the next day is just the the greatest way to try to prepare. It's like studying for a test.
0: Totally. And without judgment of how yesterday went or how like earlier today exactly. went, right? Just like, yeah, man, it wasn't perfect, such as life. And we are going to look at what we can improve on going forward. So we're not in this same pattern. Um, um Something sim- something like this
1: happened to me recently. Yeah. I, my, my son is a great baseball player. Granted, he's four. Let's put that out there. <laughs> and had his first t-ball, team, t-ball game. And I was so amped up. I'm like so excited. My son's going to show off his skills. Refused to play. He, it was crushing. I dragged him out on the field. Everybody was like, go mama, go. I like batted with him, everything. And he was hysterically crying. And I came home and was mortified. Like this kid wanted to do this on his own terms and this was entirely my fault. I made a humongous scene where no scene need to have been made. So the next week I just said, we're gonna show up to the game and you do what you feel comfortable doing. And lo and behold, he played the entire time. But that I just took a different stance I prepared for it, and it can have a really good outcome. Granted, he could have refused to play again, but I just knew that that wasn't going to be the way I was going to react again. Yeah, I was learning from it,
0: and awesome it was reflective gonna, practice.
1: Right, exactly. I was super guilty, feel, feeling guilty and consumed by it for a few days afterwards. But there was only one, like the only option, was to move forward and try something different. And so that's what I tried, and ultimately serve to be successful
0: so <laughs> yeah i think it's an amazing example and like uh, i think it's huge to know you were feeling guilty for a few days after and that's okay too to like welcome that in and be like man i made a mistake and i feel really bummed about it right and 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 to get to the point where you let yourself off the hook right exactly in fact somebody just yesterday uh we recently had a miscarriage and somebody yesterday oh, thanks I'm doing doing well but somebody yesterday tagged me in like one of those like uh stories things it's like and it was all about like being a mom and so it was like I became a mom at this age and this whatever and she tagged me to be like the next person and then like 12 hours later she dm me and was like oh my gosh I know you love those quizzes like I didn't even think like I'm the worst I'm so sorry and I had seen it and was like oh I share a lot of those in my stories I share about loving them like In no way was I like, oh, she's trying to make sure that like, I see that, like there was no, there was not her intention, which was clear to me. And so I wrote her back and was just like, oh babe, like, thank you. And I know that wasn't your intention. She wrote back and was like, yeah, I just feel so guilty. And I was like, you can do what you want with that guilt, but I'm not carrying it with me. Right. Mm -hmm. So like now you get to navigate this. And I think so often when we are feeling guilty is because we have done something that we feel like affected somebody else. Right. In this instance, it was your kiddo. And when we can really like take a step back and ask ourselves, like, how are they doing? Is this something they're carrying with them? Is this something that like now three days later, he's like, I'm never going to baseball again. Like this was the worst day of my life. Right. Probably not. And, right. Exactly. And so when we can acknowledge that part of like, How are they doing here (laughs) it can be helpful for us being able to navigate that the guilt emotion
1: I agree I think that when you acknowledge that it sort of lessens the blow and you're like oh well they're not thinking about it anymore so maybe I shouldn't either right or just think about what you could do differently next time or how you can be gentler and move forward yeah
0: Yeah. And I think that'll come up a lot for folks uh, tuning into this who maybe have been practicing timeouts because they didn't know what else to do. It probably won't change overnight, right? Like tomorrow, you might find yourself in a similar pattern or habit, even if you go in with different intentions. And I think the key here is like it does take time and routine and intention to change our habits and patterns and Mm. give yourself that grace that like, it's okay if tomorrow it isn't perfect. I always tell
1: parents, sometimes it just gets worse before it gets better. But the key part is patience, which can be so unbelievably difficult. We're human. It's not an easy job all the time. And
0: patience is pretty key. Yeah, for ourselves. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, where can folks connect with you and kind of follow along what you're putting out into the world?
1: So I have an Instagram. It's Dr. Allison Mark Miami. Um, I post pretty much every day on a variety of topics, including parenting, ADHD, um, new transition to parenthood, so you can definitely check out my stuff there, or I have a website. It's allisonmarksid.com. Um, I used to do a newsletter monthly. I'm trying to get back on track there, but if you do check out my website, then there's usually a pop-up window where you can subscribe to the newsletter. I'm hoping to get back on track with that because I did get a lot of good content that I can share there just life got in the way a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
0: that happens man yeah. that happens well your instagram's awesome i love following along and it's thanks. what led you to being here i was planning to do a solo show and you posted about timeouts and i was like "Ooh, let's do this together it was so awesome. great thank you so much for hanging out with me thank you so much for having me thanks for tuning in to voices of your village check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voices did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow: colon Voices of Your Village, and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars, and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you.
3: Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was